Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we think that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball and Allison Carter, and today, well, we're going to talk about the fact that people are talking about you. All the time, behind your back, whispering. <laughs> and sometimes not even whispering. No, actually, these days it's more of a yelp, I'd say. Uh, certainly, and yelp is not the sound just of a barking dog. Yelp is, for those of you that are not familiar, it is a place where you can find just about anything that you're looking for in your neighborhood. So that might be a restaurant, that might be a tire place, that might be, it could be a marketing firm. We haven't seen it much for B2B, but certainly anything that consumer buys, you're probably going to find an entry on it on Yelp.com. Yelp has been around for a few years. I think 2006 it was launched. And I, I tend to think of Yelp primarily as um, an iPhone app. Mm -hmm. On my phone, anywhere and everywhere, I can be literally anywhere in the world, and I've tried this, anywhere in the world, I type in restaurant, watch repair, tire repair, whatever I need, and up comes both a map, that shows me visually mm -hmm. where there are places near me, as well as a listing. And within those listings, is where we get to the crux of the point today, are reviews of businesses. And those reviews are becoming more and more critical. Um, a few years ago, it became evident that people were no longer believing advertising. But what they were believing were reviews that sounded as if they were written by people like them, even if it wasn't someone they necessarily knew. Yes, people trust their peers, even if their peers aren't exactly, you know, aren't people who they actually know in real life. And so we're seeing this huge surge online of uh, reviews on Amazon.com. There was big news this week, well, news that Amazon has a reviewing program for elite reviewers where they get free swag for reviewing stuff. You've got Angie's List, which is a pay-to-play listing. You've got Google Plus, which has reviews on its pages, on and on and on, yellow pages, all of this. Um, TripAdvisor, quite honestly, mm -hmm. as we travel around the world, um, you know, we'll end up in some city somewhere. The first place we go um, when we're trying to decide where to go to dinner, mm -hmm. where, you know, where should we, what tourist um, attractions mm -hmm. should we go see, the hotel guidebooks lay there um, near the nightstand because all they're doing is promoting the most expensive ones that have paid mm -hmm. to be in the book. Mm -hmm. I want to know what real people are saying. Yes. And so what we're seeing is this, this, shift in consumer behavior, uh, significantly more reliance on the reviews, and so as a business owner, this is a game you have to be in. But let's just be real clear up front. When we say you have to be in the game, that doesn't mean you should be writing your own reviews on the sites. Actually, um, I read something on Yelp recently, one out of four reviews that is written does not make it through their filters. If the reviews sound too glowing, too good to be true, they often don't put them through because they have found that about 25% of their reviews are fake. Well, it's funny that you mention that um, because we've had several clients come to us very, very frustrated because reviews from their actual clients 
which were real, legitimate, non-ghost written reviews. There are lots of business owners who either do write their own fake reviews or pay people in Indonesia and India to write reviews for them. I don't want to downplay that. It's absolutely a practice that happens. But at the same time, I have heard many, many, many stories from legitimate business owners saying, I installed this guy's furnace two months ago. It was the middle of the night. We saved his family a lot of hassle. He wrote a glowing review, but Yelp won't let it on. And a lot of business owners, I can't confirm this, think it's a ploy to get you to buy Yelp advertising. So, But I think that there is, from what I have seen, it does seem like the algorithm is certainly not perfect. And that is a big frustration for a lot of business owners. What And... and the, what I would say, and I think one of the things that they, they figure into that is if you have one extraordinary review and all the rest are good, your good reviews are going to be representative. If you, have, if you start consistently getting lots of these high-ranking reviews, um, that's going to shift it. And this is a conversation that I had with somebody about something on Google, and I know it wasn't what she wanted to hear. When I was explaining to her how some of these tools worked, her attitude is, well, that's wrong. It shouldn't be that way. Don't they know how our business works? Bottom line is, this is their tool. It is their tool. I will say, I do know, I, I've sat with a lot of business owners and looked through their Yelp reviews, and there have been a multitude of positive reviews that they swore up and down to me, and they have no reason to lie to me, were legitimate reviews that were not screened. There's also a perception among business owners that if they were to purchase Yelp ads, and some of the Yelp uh, ad buyers are very persistent, as any small business owner knows, um, that if they bought the ads, there's this belief that maybe more of those uh, reviews, positive reviews, would be screened in. Whether or not that's true, that's up to how much you trust business owners and or Yelp. And I think that with any of the review sites, there is a, a certain amount of game. I mean, there is a certain amount of that, you know, who gets the number one ranking on TripAdvisor? Who gets the number one ranking mm -hmm. on, on Google or on Angie's List? That's been a, a long time concern was that do I get to the top if I pay a little bit more? Um, I don't know that there is definitive proof one way or the other. Um, I do know that the more reviews you have, mm -hmm. the greater your chance of breaking through that even if you're not buying advertising. It's not perfect though. No, it, they aren't. Okay, so having, having said that, it is an imperfect system. Um, I still think that business owners in any consumer industry need to look for ways to get reviews on these sites, whether it's Google+, whether it's Yelp, or Angie's List. How do they go about doing that? Well, the number one thing that people don't do is they don't ask for reviews. The fact of the matter is, and there's research to back this up, people are more likely to voice unhappy thoughts, feelings, and opinions about a business than they are happy ones. How often do you gripe about a business that you think did you wrong versus how often do you rave about one that did something great for you? If you really want happy customers to leave reviews, say, you know, hey, I'm really glad that you had a good time with us. Here's a link to our Yelp site. Would you mind leaving a review about your experiences with us? Don't say a positive review. Don't say anything else. Just say, if you liked working with us, would you mind leaving us a review? And I think, you know, you touched on two things. One. There's a lot of concern, and particularly, well, and pretty much in any industry, of, you know, if I send somebody there and they're not happy, 
-hmm. And um, to that I would say a couple of things. Number one, if they're not happy, they're going to talk about you anyway. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather they talk about you somewhere where you can respond, engage, be aware of the fact that your customers aren't happy. Yeah, I don't understand this impulse that, like, if I can't see it, it's not happening. It's such a weird... Because, I mean, I want to know about issues or problems in my business, right? Well, I think so. And actually, there was an interesting study, and it is it is a 20-year-old study, but it had been done enough times, and it was a study of consumer behavior that said, yes, people are more likely to complain and say something nice, mm -hmm. But what it also said is, let's say customers would rank you a seven mm -hmm. or a six, and then something bad happens. Mm -hmm. If you resolve the issue to their satisfaction, doesn't mean you know falling over dead, but if you resolve the issue, make a good faith effort, odds are your ranking in their mind actually goes up, that mm -hmm. now they'll view you as an eight or a nine. Right. And they will actually think of you more positively than if they had never had that ripple to begin with. I saw an interesting uh, tweet today, and I, I can't remember who tweeted it, so if it's you, let me know and we'll give credit. But they said, your customers don't expect you to be perfect. They just expect you to fix things when they aren't. Absolutely. And, and fixing something on in response to an Angie's List or a Google Plus or a Yelp or any other kind of review does not mean a public resolution. Right. Usually what it means is reaching out and saying, I'm so sorry you have that experience. Let's talk about how we can make it right. Call me or send me your phone number and we'll call you. Really what you want to do, acknowledge the problem and then get it the hell out of the public forum. I mean, it, it, uh, the way I explain it to a lot of people is if somebody walked into your place of business and was clearly unhappy and perhaps they were agitated or yelling, you wouldn't leave them standing in the lobby and try to resolve it there. The first thing you would do is say, you know what, why don't we step into my office, let's sit down and let's work through this. And really, the same is true on social media. All people are looking for is that you acknowledge and make yourself accessible to respond. That's really all that it is. And, and there are, some, again, I'll be real honest with you, there are some people who are just crazy who will not be satisfied with anything that you do. You could like give them a million dollars and they would still complain because their soup was cold. It happens. All you can do is your best. And consumers are pretty good at filtering out the random crazies from the legitimate beefs. And if you have any number of reviews, people can read through and see if that was an isolated incident or if your soup's always cold. And if your soup is always cold, you should fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, and I'm going to go back. When, when I'm reading reviews for products and services, I mean, I kind of mentally throw out the 5-5 five five and I throw out all the, you know, mm -hmm. negative one ones. People have off days, mm -hmm. you know, and people have exceptionally great days. I want to know what the average customer experience is like. And, okay, so you've, you recognize the value, ask your customers. The other thing that I think companies fail to do is when they fix the problem. Mm -hmm. I was not happy, you came to my rescue, you fixed it, and I went away happy. Mm -hmm. They don't, or they forget to ask, hey, would you mind 
putting another note on Twitter, put a note on Facebook, mm -hmm. acknowledge that we've resolved your problem. And again, some people won't do it, but some will, and they'll say, hey, they really helped me out, thanks for fixing my problem. Again, people are happy when you fix their problems, even if they weren't happy before. So, we've talked a lot about um, uh, kind of looking at this and, and getting the information there. I, I want to touch just briefly on the impact on search engine optimization, particularly from Google's listings with reviews. How is that affecting search? The reviews, particularly on Yelp and Google Plus, um, uh, Angie's List is a little bit different because its search rankings are behind a paywall. So if you're looking for SEO, Angie's List is not the place you want to go to. But with Yelp and with Google Plus and several other large review sites, Google interprets reviews as what we call positive social signals. So in other words, a good review is saying to them, this is good stuff. If somebody is searching for a restaurant near Indianapolis, everyone says this place is awesome, so let's move them higher up the list. And so what you want to do from a practice standpoint is you want to make sure that um, you have a Google Plus page where people can write reviews. Mm -hmm. You want to have um, links between that and your core website so there's no confusion on Google's part that this Google page belongs to this company website. Those two are clearly linked and, and, and connected. Um, and you want to, I guess, pay attention um, to those listings. Don't just be sending people there. Be mm -hmm. sure that you're checking it. Yes, and again, when you send people there, if it's if it's an in-store transaction, you might have a small placard next to your point of sale system asking them to review you on Yelp, uh, or a card with their check, something like that. If you are a home services industry or something with a longer term thing, carpet installation, HVAC, you probably have their email address and for your billing cycle. Send them an email with links to each of your review pages. Most people won't review, and that's fine. But every now and then, someone will take the time, and that can really pay off. And really, when you're looking at your business, um, two or three new reviews a month for most companies is great. That's plenty. You go from zero, zero, zero to 40 reviews, that actually is going to send off some warning bells and some alarms um, and, and odds are you're going to have a higher chance that your very best reviews are going to get screened out because it's going to look sketchy that there's nothing, nothing, nothing and then so much. You know, we've mentioned Angie's List a couple times, and before we go, I wanted to touch on this because you had an interesting story about uh, the prevalence of Angie's List, which at least in the Indianapolis market used to be the only kid in town, versus how it's fared against some of these newer technologies. Well, and this was an interesting story. A, a company that I was talking to, they were an auto repair shop. Young man came in, and the woman asked him, she says, you know, how did you hear about us? And he said, oh, I read a few reviews. You guys have got great reviews. And of course, the owner kind of puffed up and said, oh, you read our, our reviews on Angie's List. Well, the young man was about 19 years old, and he looked at her and with a kind of strange look and said, well, no, it was Yelp. Mm -hmm. And the, the lesson there is he was 19 years old. He's not a homeowner. And um, typically among this generation, mm -hmm. 
online services and online information should be free. We had a conversation about this. Angie's List, in case you're not familiar, uh, consumers do have to pay a monthly fee in order to access the reviews on the site. That's why they don't contribute to your search engine rankings. So for someone like me, who was raised in like the wild piratey days of the internet, I'm slightly older than 19, um, I don't pay for stuff on the internet. Maybe an iTunes song, but why would I pay for information? For a millennial, information is inherently free. So if that is your target market, I would start looking at your Angie's List budget and consider converting some of that to a Yelp budget. Yelp or Google? Uh, well, it would be Google. It would be PPC words. in that case. It would. Yeah. It would not be. You can't really advertise on Google. On Google Plus, no. But it's 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 on AdWords, preferred placement kind of things. Mm -hmm. I, I think the issue is starting to move the money around to be where your customers. If you're if are. you're going over, if you're going for wealthier homeowners, uh, then Angie's List might still be your best bet. You've really got to know, and the best way to know is to ask. Yep. So um, I think this is a topic that we're going to come back to um, every now and then because I think it will continue to, to change. I think um, where the maturity of the review-based sites today versus even 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. I thought of Yelp 18 months ago as a map and a filter. I never read reviews. There weren't many. They really pushed. They really pushed that a lot more. Um, I thought 18 months ago I thought of it as a restaurant review site. I wouldn't have gone to it for any kind of service. I actually um, I actually did. I was wandering down a street in Chicago um, and I was looking for a watch repair shop. I went to Yelp. I Who had, wears watches? Okay, this is it. I, it was an, the, the point is it is was it a new smart watch? Is that what it was? No, it was, a, it was a real watch with a handle and everything. Weird. Yeah, I know. But it was um, it was an obscure service, and it was. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the other thing is that if you have a service that's a little different, mm -hmm. um, this is kind of a fun niche um, niche way for people to find you. And people who have smartphones, this is how they're doing searches. Absolutely. All right. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to learn more. Or if you'd actually like to bring us in person and have Alice and I disagree in your, <laughs> in your place of business or at one of your meetings, we'd love to come and do a presentation. Um, you can find out more about us on morethanafewwords.com. You can also download all of our podcasts from iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.